Hello, passionate people. You are listening to Passion Harvest. Thank you so much for listening today. And as always, I'm so passionate to share these episodes with you. I'm Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. Every week we share new episodes talking with people across the planet who have an inspiring, entertaining and passionate story to share, taking you on a journey to discover your passion. Yay! (laughs) Hello, listeners. Welcome and thank you for being here with us at Passion Harvest, where we aim to assist you on your journey to live your passions. I am so excited about my guest today, Dr. Nicole Gruel. Dr. Nicole Gruel is an author, speaker, mama, wellbeing coach, and comes from a long line of samurai. She is on a mission to support people in creating optimum well-being on all levels, body, mind, spirit, relationships, planet, so they can become the agents of awesomeness they were born to be. Nicole, welcome to Passion Harvest. Oh, Louisa, such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I'm I'm excited about wherever this is going to go. Yay. (laughs) I get. I, I don't know. I'm, I, as I said, this is a free-flowing conversation. You can talk about it, whatever you want. But the samurai heritage, I'm really interested in that. Yeah, absolutely. So that comes from my mother's mother's side. And um, it turns out, I didn't know this until um, only a few years ago, it's usually the women samurai, the mothers, who would train the children when they were younger in the home. And so samurais would learn first from their mothers. So education in the maternal side is incredibly strong. And that's where all of those core principles come through about, you know, discipline and loyalty and, and um, all the, you know, higher connection and service, etc. And then, of course, once they get bigger and stronger, then they move out more into the physical side of things and, and get uh, more training there. So, um, so I come from a line of samurai on my grandmother's side. And a a family member has traced it back more than 700 years um, through the family tree. They've actually gone, done and, you know, figured out all of the names and and where it goes. So um, a couple of years ago, my mother and I actually went back to where the samurai, our family's samurai graves are. And it was such an incredible moment, you know, just to be around the stillness of the mountains and to stand amongst these old stones that hold history and lives and stories untold. Um, Yeah, yeah. Family and ancestry. What an amazing (laughs) thing. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I've got a few questions, but that's such a beautiful tie-in because I just interviewed Dr. Daniel Four, who um, specializes in ancestral healing. Mm. Um, so it's a really beautiful tie-in, but I'm amazed that this, I never knew about that. The mothers would train the samurai. I assumed, you know, a male dominated society. That's really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, wow. When I heard about that as well. And so to understand how important women are in the role of education, as well as nurturing, you know, as well as growth. Um, and that that is absolutely true for a warrior cast as well. So I'd love to move on to your optimum well-being program. How, I guess first, how did you come to be this optimum 
coach, optimum well-being <laughs> manifester? Yeah. Um, you know, the optimum well-being piece is quite a new formation. As you okay. would know, as an entrepreneur, we're constantly mm-hmm. in growth and evolution. And I would say, though, that well-being has been a theme throughout all that I do for over a decade. So um, I started off as a teacher and then I moved into a counsellor and I eventually moved into a coach and I made transitions from a lot of talk therapy to then moving more into the beyond talk therapy. So the somatic things being body movement, energy, um, creative activities. So things that would shift us beyond um, the words, right? Because that can only take us so far and they're important as well in the journey. You've done a lot. So, oh goodness, I have. <laughs> a lot of deep work. <laughs> I have. There's a, there's a whole heap of deep work that's <laughs> happened over a very long time. And um, so I really, and, and a thread through all of that, of course, is growing and evolving as a, as a human being, right? Just this, this, whatever this humanness is and working with others as they grow through their journey as well. And so because I specialize in spiritually transformative experiences and particularly help people that integrate um, big transformations that have happened in their life, one of the things that I found happens is very spiritual people and people who are on a conscious path often tend to neglect major life zones and life areas that can bring up their total well-being. And so a lot of people I speak to who are conscious, spiritually rich, visionaries, heart-centered entrepreneurs and movement people um, have no finances, Mm. right? There's total lack and neglect in that area or just non-understanding or relationships are a total mess. No one understands me. I feel isolated. I don't know who my tribe is. Um, or the area of just matching how to have a life path and walk every day in a way with the the real world, if you want to call it that, or the the mainstream world, Mm. shall we say, Um, how to bridge that from these incredible sacred and intense experiences that people have had. So this is where the optimum well-being really came from was, well, well-being is far beyond this, these small pockets, you know, well-being is total. So if we're really going to get out and be these amazing people in the world and shine bright, because I honestly believe everyone is here to walk a unique path, whatever that is for them, right? If they can just get up off their asses and do it and be brave enough and bold enough to, to, to jump right into it. And um, I call it the passion principle. It's the just do it. <laughs> beautiful. So once they engage the passion principle and they're out there, we're still human beings living human lives, bumping up against other humans. There's a very, you know, um, ordinary part of us that has to get along in the world. And so how do we maximize our lives so that we can really be whole and healthy in terms of our body, our hearts, our minds, our spirits, and planetary service so that's where optimum well-being really comes from that is awesome that's amazing my god i need to come and see you (laughs) welcome (laughs) i love your words spiritually transformative experience 
Yeah, not my term. So uh, Dr. Yvonne Kaysen, a lady in Canada who has now had, I think, six near-death experiences, something like that, four okay. or six. Incredible. She coined the term and she um, was a practicing medical doctor and people would come in. She had a near-death experience. She was a nurse on a plane, um, pretty much drowned in icy cold Canadian waters, um, had the, you know, the classic out-of-body experience and etc. And then anyway, people started coming into her practice and she could, she understood and knew deeper things about them. And they were coming with spiritual crises and problems often um, in addition to the medical ones. So she named it as a spiritually transformative experience. And she is one of the foundation people in the conversation about, um, I, I guess, what you would call um, spiritual evolution, spiritual growth. Yeah. Um. And obviously you don't need to have an NDE or a near-death experience to spiritually awaken. How would you, for someone who's listening and saying, what the hell is a spiritual awakening? Please explain. Have I had it? Haven't I had it? <laughs> what, what are the signs? What happens? Yeah. Wow. What a, what a great and a huge question. In essence, and, and look, definitions are going to vary yes. um, on this. It really depends who you speak to. As I understand it, a, a spiritually transformative experience, a slash an awakening experience, is one where we are moved beyond our ordinary perception and way of being. We see more than what we normally do. We see beyond what we normally do. And something happens in time, whether it's a sudden event or whether it's a slow growth, like the coffee drip over time, mm -hmm. uh, it happens different ways for different people. But it's about perception and perceptions over time shift and they can shift so dramatically that who we, who we find ourselves to be is a very... It's even more of who we were before because we're always in our core essence. Mm. But in other ways, it's also so far from what we might have known before. And the classic example is someone who goes about their everyday life and does what society tells them should do. You know, we, we go to school, we get a job, we um, go out into the workforce and we climb the ladder and we tick the boxes of marriage and uh, home and car and all, you know, and we, we do what we're meant to do as good citizens. What can happen is when someone has an awakening experience, if they have been along that trajectory, all of a sudden they might look upon that life and go, but there's so much more. Mm. What is this? And is this all there is? And this is when it's, it's like an opening experience, um, an opening and expanding experience. So perception opens and expands to more of what is. We can simply see and understand and feel more of what is. And different people have different gifts that can come out as a result of this. So you would have heard of the clairs, so the clairaudient, the clairsentient, um, et cetera. And sometimes a clear gift can come through. So people literally hear more of what is or see more of what is, um, or they can feel other people's feelings more. They might become highly sensitive. Um, 
or they might have some people have artistic giftedness that come through i've met people who were able to sing operatically that couldn't before like boom just like that or um, many people have, you know, the painting kind of skills that come through, but it's not just going to a canvas and doing a bit of paint. This is like downloading hundreds of paintings that have all kinds of um, deeper layers to it. So I guess that was a very big answer. No, that was beautifully explained. <laughs> to, Thank to you. To your question. No, it wasn't quite concise there. <laughs> but it, it, in a nutshell, an awakening experience, as I understand it, um, is an opening of perception, an expanding of perception. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's very hard. Or a re, one could say a remembering of who you are at your core, which you kind of mentioned before. I guess when these um, things happen and if people don't have anyone to talk to about it, they might kind of, could think they're going crazy. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Uh, that's incredibly common. So what one of the, if, if this is you, if you're listening and this is you, one of the most important things and what will be very helpful is to find people who understand, um, to find someone who's gone through it. There are thousands who have. So you're not alone. There are communities out there. You're not going mad. Uh, you might think that it, you might appear like you're going mad from the outside because you're now starting to ask different questions and you're probably walking the world in a slightly different way. You might even be putting into your body's body, you know, nourishing yourself in a different way. People can make these dramatic decisions and changes um, as a result. So finding people who you can connect with that understand you is just so important on the journey because you know, like a plant in a pot, right? If we have good soil around us, the plant's going to do much better. Mm. Um, if you put that same plant in, you know, degraded soil or soil that can't give it nourishment, it, it's going to really struggle, even though it's still going to try and grow. So um, isolation is a huge factor. And that question, am I going mad, does arise along the journey. Yes. And I um, look, speaking from my personal experience, it's very hard when you're in a family and no one thinks the way you do. And I think uh, we were talking about this podcast before um, the recording. And for me, even with this podcast at first, I I've spoken about this when I've done a few solo episodes, but it's almost like coming out. Um, and ha not having to worry about what people think and recognising your uniqueness. I think that's a big factor of what will people think of me? Absolutely. And, and doesn't it feel good? <laughs> there's, there's a liberation and there's, um, and it can be frightening at the mm, same time. At first, so if, I mean, at now. First, yeah. It, it, it's so true, though, what you touch upon, that the hardest um, parts of the journey are often our loved ones and those that are in our inner circle, who is closest to us. So, um, for example, in the near-death community, who I just, I'm, I'm saying that because I have a lot to do with that community and they have a lot of statistics because they've done great research. But in that community, and we can apply that more broadly to people that have had awakening experiences, Within the near-death community, the divorce rates are higher than the regular out there world, than the normal divorce rates, which are already atrocious anyway. Very high, incredibly yes. Incredibly high, right? So they're higher within this community where people have had these profoundly um, sudden, because it's a near-death experience, you know, awakening or transformational experiences. Mm. And the reason for that is one 
often sacred experiences are beyond language. We can't even put words on to capture the, what we feel and what we experience. And sometimes they can be beautiful experiences and sometimes not. Sometimes they're highly distressing. And people, even when they feel safe to talk about these experiences, if they've had distressing ones, still will often hesitate to even talk about those because it's much more common to hear people talk about the love and the light and all of these beautiful, yeah. you know, types of things. But what about if your experience is nothing like that at all? Um, so talking to our loved ones, there is a genuine and correct fear that I will lose this person in my life if I truly share with them what I need to share about this. It's, it's a very real fear. Um, and it's warranted because relationships do end um, or the, the chasm opens and gets wider because someone feels I'm, I'm moving down a particular path in my life and I just someone else is just going down that other pathway and that chasm is just getting bigger and bigger and it's irreconcilable after some time. Now that doesn't always have to be the case. Of course, if you come along to a coach or you find someone who's able to have those conversations and assist that pathway, yeah. maybe sometimes we can create the language and work on the relationship in a way where, where, you know, we can grow in that. Um, but you're absolutely right. It's hard. There's a lot of people out there who feel like a, a black sheep within their family. A lot. A lot. And hence why tribe and finding people who do understand you and you can connect with and feel comfortable with is so important. Even if it's one yeah. other person, that can be life-changing. Another thing I found, and I'm just relating it to my personal experience, obviously, you know, that's all I can relate it to. Um, I found at first, I did want to isolate myself. I think that is also a common thread where obviously not isolate yourself, but, you know, friends change, social groups change. As you mentioned, you know, you put more nourishing food in your body. There's a lot of factors that um, I think you need to internalise. Yep. Everyone's different. But. Absolutely. And uh, what happens often as people are going through an awakening experience is um, sensitivities are heightened. So going out to the pub on a Friday night just can be a bit too much now. Mm. <laughs> um, hanging around the same people, hearing the same conversations with the same problems and the whinging and the whining and the moaning and the bitching over and over again if, if you've gone through certain experiences in, and you're in a particularly sensitive frame um, and way of being, it just feels like it's not resonant anymore. So the frequency that you're vibrating at is not resonant with the frequency of the vibration you were at with the group. They're just not matching. The vibes aren't right. Mm. And so that's quite natural to just um, move away from that. And integration is also essential so time away is needed to process what on earth is going on with me yeah what is this yeah and that's and, a, that's a healthy thing to do yeah and i i think the more you you know when you value your opinion of yourself more and you trust yourself more and not necessarily what what worry what others think it becomes easier yeah absolutely and even within um, the, the journey itself, there's all kinds of, I guess, charlatans, you might say, and a whole heap of advice in different directions in terms of what the right thing to do is on any given path as well. 
So I run into people all the time that say to me, oh, Nicole, I've tried everything to meditate and I just can't do it. And I'm like, then don't. Mm. There's no law that says you must meditate in order to attain whatever. I mean, practice the principles. If you want to be a benevolent, benevolent being, be a benevolent, benevolent being. You know, you don't have to rely on meditation to do that. It's a tool. It's a tool at our disposal. It's a wonderful tool. Yeah. Um, so even within the pathway itself, you know, there's, there's kind of information you have to move away from when it first starts happening. And then once you're in it and you're discovering new people and new communities and new information, because when an awakening begins, you know, the mind is very fresh and open and in, in some ways quite vulnerable um, to, to going down harmful directions. It does happen. Um, and so discernment, discernment is so needed. You said something there about trusting yourself. And I mm. think that is probably one of the best ways to walk a pathway that is in transition is trust yourself. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. You know, if your gut's telling you something's off, something's probably off. Best yeah. advice ever. You sound so passionate about this and helping people. <laughs> I am. I, I love this. I, I, I love what I do. I love the people that I meet. It's a privilege to hear people's stories because each person is like this lighthouse and they're discovering themselves and who they are. And when they truly step into their power, and their gifts and they begin to be in service the world benefits you know it ripples out from their from their close circles to their wider circles and often they will go out and and we don't know the impact that, that each of us have right i mean you have this amazing podcast mm -hmm. here and we're global now we have this amazing technology so who knows who is reached by this podcast all around the world just at the right time in their lives when they needed to hear that to shine that little bit brighter in their own lives you know yeah. it's it's a remarkable thing that we get to do together and again i had sorry i have to interrupt and say if you're listening and you're thinking oh my god i needed to hear this you're meant to hear it <laughs> yes it is divine timing i really believe in that yeah yeah that's wonderful so if someone um, wants to work with you how do you how do you work with them if someone just wants to understand well, what you do. Well, we begin with a complimentary conversation. So um, I do a one-hour session called the Optimum Wellbeing Strategy Session. And we have a conversation. We meet like this or over the phone. And um, it's a get to know you. So I get to know the person. What's their story? What's going on? What are the, where, what's the direction they're headed towards? You know, what do they want to bring into their lives? And because I have a very transpersonal approach, that's my, my professional background. What that simply means as well is, um, I guess, a spiritual approach um, to things, but also a very grounded and human one. Mm. What I'm interested in hearing from the person is, what is it that is moving through you? One of the most powerful questions I was asked on my journey was, um, Nicole, what seeks to move through you? And I chewed on that for a long time. And uh, because that's the type of question you have to journey with and feel into what seeks to move through you. 
Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to write that down. (laughs) And so when I meet people and when I coach with them and I have the privilege of walking the coaching journey with them, I'm, that's what I'm always curious about is what seeks to move through you. You, this glorious human being where miracles have happened to create you into form, right? Billions of things Mm. have happened just to create one human to be alive in this moment. And then what, you know, what, what is the life force energy and grace and whatever terms you want to call the life that moves through us, mm-hmm. what is seeking to come through you to be known in the world? What is seeking to come through you to connect with others in the world? And so that's how I work with people is to follow that lead. <laughs> I really, um, I trust their innate wisdom. So we connect in with their innate wisdom. We get clear on what it is that they want to bring into the world. What's the ideal life that they want to live? You know, when they are engaged with their passion, when they're engaged with their happiness, their, their well-being at their core, what does life look like? And then, and then we get very strategic and practical now. Now we get our head out of the clouds and we get mm. down our roots into the ground and we get clear on strategy and steps, you know. So how do we move forward and make that happen. And of course, we meet the the challenges and the obstacles as they will inevitably come up because they always do. And, and we do that lovingly. Um, yeah. Sounds amazing. Um, I just wanted to backtrack. When you um, said what seeks to come through you, is that not from, that's not externally, it's come from from within you? Well, at the end of the day, inner, outer, yeah, however you experience that. Okay, however you want to interpret however, it. Okay. Yeah, well, and however you experience it, yeah. And so, so some people, so I also um, work a lot with personality. Um, I, my grounding is with Jungian psychological type here. And so Jung talks a lot about introversion and extroversion. And so we each have innate gifts and patterns um, in our makeup in terms of introversion and extroversion. And we know this now from neuroscience. This is backed up by neuroscience um, and flow studies, etc. And And in my own um, research, I found that people who have spiritually transformative experiences tap in even more so to those particular flow states that are unique to them, right? So we know that this is part of our innate biology. Um, so how do you interpret and experience something that moves through you well i think that has a lot to do with where each of us have our own natural biological makeup in terms of you know extroversion are we excited by the outside world introversion are we Mm. um, energized by what's happening within or a combination and the vast majority of us are a combination A lot of food for thought here. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we, we go deep. <laughs> really deep. And again, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking one thing for me, but, you know, everyone is so individually unique. Yes. And that's the thing about passion as well. Everyone, you know, the, everyone's passion is unique and individual and everyone displays and shows it in unique different ways. So absolutely right. Everyone's unique. And that's what's so exciting about this is if we all get our little lights switched on mm. and the volume on those lights turned up. Imagine what we're capable of because we can all do different things. We all mm. come from different cultural backgrounds. We all, you know, we all bring that little bit of something different. Um, and then when we have the, 
the humility to come together collectively and work um, as a, a cohabiting species on this planet that's actually helpful to one another. You're helping one another. And helpful to, the, to our home, then really we can do extraordinary things. I 100% agree. Beautiful. I guess moving on, you've written a book, The Power of Notes. How a non-ordinary transcendent experience transform the way we live, love and read. And lead. Lead. Yeah. Congratulations <laughs> on writing a book number one. That's Thank amazing. You. Thank you. <laughs> so what's the book about? So this one, there's three of them, actually. So this is the most recent one. Okay. Um, this is, NOTE stands for Non-Ordinary mm-hmm. Transcendent Experiences. Okay. Um, so like these spiritually transformative experiences that we're talking about or awakening experiences. So the book in a nutshell is what happens when we have one of, what are these experiences Um, what happens when we have them and then what happens afterwards. Um, So they can impact how we live, love and lead in the world. They, they change us, our core. I wouldn't necessarily say they change us at our core. I would say they put us in touch even more with what is at our core. And because of that, uh, what we do from our core rippling outward tends to shift in quality because we really want to stay connected, authentically connected to that and doing things in the world that are resonant with that, right? So it means it shifts the way that we do love. It shifts the way that we interact with our, with our um, core people in our relationships. The way that we lead, often once people are simply standing in their own natural power and walking from that place, they naturally take on leadership roles. Um, so, you know, you again, Louise, are a great example of that. You step more authentically into something that's coming through you, this, this beautiful podcast. And what results um, from that is naturally stepping forth into a leadership role as a connector um, of people globally around a certain topic. So these things just naturally happen. Um, so how we live, how we love and how we lead. So again, and it also changes how we live. We might shift things literally in in our environments. Um, we make lifestyle choices that are more in resonance with what is emerging through our core. So they're pretty powerful little experiences. Yes, a <laughs> definite must little. read. I think, you know, again, it goes back to the, the better we feel about ourselves or how we feel about ourselves is... Um, it's almost like a mirror for the relationships we have in our life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And And our experiences. And the book is very practical too. So there's some great coaching tips in there. You'll find the wellbeing wheel in there. Some little, you know, I was always one of those kids that when I got a magazine, I would flick straight to the back with all of the quizzes, the psychological quizzes and do those first. Of course. Um, and after that was the sealed <laughs> section, right? In the, in the Cosmo or the Cleos or whatever those were. <laughs> and so it was, um, but those quizzes, I'm still, I'm still a quiz freak like that. So the book has a bit of a self, you know, um, self journey guided section. Choose your own adventure. That's right. And, um, and for those who love a bit of science, there's some neuroscience in there as well. It's very brief and it's very, I wanted to keep this book a simple and friendly read. So people have read it within a few hours 
and it's free online as well, by the way. So I just want to make this information available because my deeper purpose behind this is I feel the more we can have these conversations about these spiritually transformative experiences or notes, non-ordinary transcendent experiences, the more that we're out of the closet about it and we just talk about it and accept that this happens all the time to people. It's just that we don't have much of a language around it um, in our modern day society. The healthier we're going to be, the healthier we're going to feel as well in our hearts, in our spirits, in our relationships, we'll just be more at ease. And the beauty of them is many of the great um, inventions that have come out over time came because of spiritually transformative experiences. Mm. People had a revelation or they had an aha or they had a profound dream or they went into the woods and had some plant medicine. You know, something happened where they had the vision or the something and then came out with these amazing um, creations as a result from that. So we don't even know our magnificence and what we can tap into. And I'm excited for people to get on with that and to then see what we're going to be able to do from there. I'm very excited too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. <laughs> Fantastic in the essence of time. Is there anything else you'd like to specifically discuss? But I just wanted to say first, all your details will be in the show notes and the link to the book you mentioned. Fantastic. Um, or thank you. I'd like to say thank you for the opportunity to connect with your audience. My understanding is there's a very um, broad, diverse, group, diverse <laughs> group of people that gather. And, and I think that's so exciting when we can do that, you know, when people like you can connect all of these various interests around around this topic. Passion is so such a wonderful conversation. And um if we can tap into that magical thread within our own lives, um, incredible things can happen for ourselves and all of those around us. I know you know this, Louisa. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a marvellous thing. And so um, do that. <laughs> do it. Get Yay, you it. just answered my Get question. I, I was just going to ask you, what is passion? So I've got one more question to ask you now. Yeah. If someone is um, looking to follow their passion, mm. what is your advice? Well, it's funny. The first thing that comes to mind is, of course, you know the phrase, um, follow your bliss, right? Yes. That was given Joseph to Campbell. from Joseph Campbell. So Joseph Campbell and that phrase came out at a time where the zeitgeist was really about peace and love and get out there and explore. And so it was a perfect phrase for the times because it was the counterculture. But towards the end of his life, he, in a classroom conversation with some of his devoted, very devoted students, reflected and said, I, I actually should have said, follow your blisters. <laughs> so what he realized had happened over that time is that phrase in itself, follow your bliss. Um, and it went very deep. If you, if you do the research into where he came from with bliss, mm -hmm. he was quite deep into the yogic pathway and um, he, he connects that to Ananda bliss. And um, what can happen is a bit of spiritual bypassing. 
along along that kind of pathway where if you're only ever connected to your bliss at the cost of ignoring the things that are not blissful, the blisters in life, life can become incredibly lopsided. And, and that was not what his initial intention was when he said that. So in answer to your question there, Louisa, you know, um, yes, follow your passion, you know, stay connected to that, that pulse that moves through you, that keeps you alive. And at the same time, simply be attentive to everything that arises in life. It's not always going to be beautiful, mm-hmm. um, but it's going to be there. And of course, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Maybe if we take a meta, a bigger perspective on that, it is all beautiful at the end of the day um, on some level, and it is all perfection at the end of the day. But, but for our very human selves, a lot of it is not going to feel beautiful or passion-filled or gorgeous. And yet, all of those bits of grit mixed in with the grace are this is what creates the solid foundations, the concrete, if you will, for our passion to flourish and to flow. So it's an essential part of the whole mix. Conflict and contrast are essential, unfortunately. (laughs) And the universe sometimes has this funny way of just pushing them into our lives, even if we haven't asked for them. And you have to look back and say, thank you. Yes, hindsight. For I've grown, I've grown. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest today. I have loved spending time with you. I think this is the begin- beginning of more to come, Louisa. I Yay. feel we have many more conversations <laughs> to go. So um, fabulous. Thank you, everyone who's hung around and listened. And, um, and get in touch if this has resonated with you and you want to journey together, please reach out. I would love to connect with you too. Okay. Thank you very much, Nicole. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you would like to know more, follow Passion Harvest on Instagram or Facebook. We would love to hear from you. Tell us how you are living your passions. Please subscribe to our podcast and please rate and review it. Share it with a friend and inspire them to develop their passion. Goodbye and until next time, keep spreading that passion.